Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. No doubt, around the world, we are all living in quite challenging times. The topic and title for today's show came out of reflecting upon what it is we each might do in such times of trouble, both personally and globally. For those of us with our mothers in heaven, she might come to us in spirit and offer us some words of wisdom and encourage us first to just let it be. And when we are able to let things be as they are, we may discover the miracle of sharing your joy in kindness and compassion. Whether you're old enough to have heard the Beatles when they were performing as the Beatles or not, most likely if if you've listened to much music at all, you've heard one of their many number one hits, and I think it's the most beloved one actually, titled Let it be. For any of us who has ever faced great difficulties in life, the opening verse of the song captures our immediate attention with these words. And I'm going to say them and spare you my singing. (laughs) (laughs) When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. Paul McCartney started writing Let It Be upon awakening from a dream he had during a night of restless sleep. Troubled by deteriorating relationships within the Beatles, the increasing inevitability of its breakup, and deciding whether to leave the group at the time. This is going to be a little surprising for those of you that know this song well. What inspired him to write the song was his deceased mother, whose name was Mary, seeing Paul's troubled state coming to offer him solace in his dream and saying to him, let it be, it's going to be okay. You know, let it be. Often those who hear this gospel-style song without knowing the origins of how this song came to be assume that Mother Mary refers to the mother of Jesus. Paul McCartney said he's okay with that, but clearly stated that it was his own mother, also named Mary, who came to give him those words of wisdom in that dream. Of course, the spirit of who she brought, or she who brought the Christ child into this world of great troubles, represent the spirit of universal motherhood to many, regardless of any religious affiliations. In fact, mother is considered to be one of the high archetypal symbols for all of us. What is important here is that it was the spirit of a mother who offered that simple yet profound and powerful guidance to just let all that's troubling her child just be as it is and everything will be okay. It is not that a woman necessarily has to be the one to comfort a child, 
but it is always the feminine in us that is receptive and can offer compassion to those in need, whether we are incarnated as a man or a woman here. That is why it is often the mother who offers the inner comfort, support, and healing of compassion, whereas it is more often the father who actively does something to ensure the child's physical safety and protection. The feminine is receptive, whereas the masculine is the active creative principle. Both have to be present whether you are a man or a woman in this incarnation, but the masculine tends to be more dominant in men and the feminine more dominant in women. This is also why more often than not, when a woman is faced with great challenges or even just upset about something, she tends to need to talk about it and just have someone listening to her experience with compassion and respect before she can jump into action to do something about it. On the other hand, men tend to want to leap into action first and talk after they do something about the problem. Isn't that so true? Obviously, both are necessary if we are to successfully deal with any situation at hand. Yet, if you were to closely examine any kind of healing process, you'll discover that the very first step that needs to be taken in order for the healing of anything to begin is to let it be as it already is, become more aware of it, and see the way towards restoring it more to the wholeness of life. In a physical crisis situation like those confronted by first responders of all kinds every day, the lead responder has to triage the situation, how many people need what kind of help in what order of critical need. In a mass casualty situation where a variety of specialized first responders are called in like police, firefighters, and paramedics, the lead person in each has to triage the situation in their respective area of expertise. Yet, whether they are evaluating the physical safety and conditions of the situation, place, structures, or the people affected in some way, they have to observe and let everything be as it is, just at first, even for a moment, before they could make the ensuing split-second decision as to what to do. So often, In imminently life-threatening situations for a group of people, it may seem that compassion takes a backseat and people are ordered to do what they deem necessary for them to do. Once out of harm's way, those who have been affected can be offered compassion by others who are not having to directly deal with any ongoing, time-squeezed, life-threatening situation. That is because it takes us necessarily at least a bit more time and space to offer compassion. In spirit, beyond the limitations of time and space, compassion is merely integral to the eternal state of being. Yet to share that compassion that is within us in spirit and bring it into this world of time and space, it takes some time and space for us to experience it. That's why it seems that our compassion tends to go out the window when we're too much in a hurry or too upset. So the gentle and kind sweetheart, it's time to wake up and get ready to celebrate a brand new day, may become truncated when running very late for school to, you overslept, get out of bed now. 
In order to first let things be as it already is, you need to accept that you're experiencing, that what you're experiencing has already happened. If you are staring at milk all over the kitchen floor, obviously the milk has already been spilled. If you stand there upset and blaming yourself or someone else for doing it, or judging someone as a clumsy idiot fool for not paying attention, none of that is changing the spilled milk situation that has already happened, is it? If you'd like the spilled milk situation to move towards a resolution and healing and the kitchen floor return to its nice, clean, and dry state, you have to accept it as it already is so you can take a new step in a different direction. We all know already that it's a waste of precious time and energy to cry over spilled milk. It's this first and important step to get any healing process going to let it be that requires your compassion. Compassion and its accompanying kindness create space for you or someone you are helping to get back into the present and be more present as as a spirit here and now to your own creative beingness and create your new next step in the direction that you would like to move in. That would mainly be towards more healing and resolution or away from healing and resolution towards more division and deterioration. It would seem that your choice would be fairly easy, don't you think, and obvious to make. Well, anytime I'm upset or (laughs) challenged in some way, I remind myself of that choice I have to make. I've made it a reminder that I can remember easily. If I'm unhappy in any way, I ask myself, how long would I like to remain unhappy? Once in a while, I still argue with myself for a, mm-hmm. a, for a moment. <laughs> but the answer, of course, is, is generally a no-brainer, right? I simplify things for myself since too many times I find myself, I, I go downstairs from my study where <laughs> I work to go get something. And once I arrive there, I have to remember what I went down there for in the first place. Uh, you know, our second floor is pretty high up. <laughs> it's a lot of steps. <laughs> I think there's 17. 17 steps, yeah. <laughs> of course, I open the refrigerator door for inspiration, right? I mean, don't we all? <laughs> when lost, open the refrigerator door. Look into it repeatedly. <laughs> and the thing is, I, I often find something quite interesting in the fridge, so I pick it up and take it with me back upstairs to drink or snack on. Once I'm back in my study, I finally remember what I really had to go downstairs to get. (laughs) I bet none of you do this. Uh, So, as much as I might need to exercise regularly, I don't think needlessly going up and downstairs is my chosen form of exercising. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I keep things really simple and easy to remember, especially when it comes to something as important as my own spiritual growth. Yes, compassion also simplifies your life because compassion gives you space to just be. For you to let something be in your life, you have to first let yourself be as you are at any given moment rather than jumping to judge or blame. 
Compassion essentially allows you to be more fully the loving, powerful, creative, limitless, and eternal spirit that you are here in this world. Once you can have that space to be and you can own it, anything becomes possible to you. In a true sense, don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> yes, compassion is also the key to unlock your innermost joy. If you haven't discovered it for yourself already, you'll find that it's precisely when you are being kind and compassionate that you are the happiest. Joy flows naturally out of anyone who is being kind and compassionate. Raphael and I've enjoyed watching many episodes of Dogs with Jobs. <laughs> it's a delightful, heartwarming docuseries on the lives of amazing dogs who have their own careers partnered with their respective human companions. Bottom line, whether it's a police dog hunting down the deadliest criminals, a canine emotional support dog for children undergoing cancer treatments, a bear-repelling guard dog for flocks of sheep, <clears throat> a mine or bomb-detecting dog, or a surrogate mother dog for orphaned wild animals, the single quality that makes a dog the superhero and a lifelong best friend and soulmate for humans and other creatures alike is their unceasing ability to love you unconditionally. Every single human partner interviewed on the show declared with certainty that their dog partner loved without judgments of any kind. Something we humans absolutely need to aspire to emulate. That's why my all-time favorite caption on a t-shirt is, be the person your dog thinks you are. <laughs> because if you practice that, you'll not only find compassion, but you'll be well on your way home to God. From the time I was a little child, I most admired and respected those who lived their lives with grace and compassion. Whether they were people I personally knew, only read about in history, or were merely fictional characters in stories. I could care less what their socioeconomic status was or their racial or ethnic background, or whether they were famous or unknown by most, or had a official credentials of some sort or not. Plus, I always looked for that compassion in the hearts of those who usually seemed like hardened unhappy people. But periodically, even in the hardest of such people, I saw that the right kind of contact with a dog or other animal brought out the best in them, even momentarily. The secret sauce for that profound healing miracle is compassion. When you're able to lovingly without judgment, let a person be as they are, their light starts to shine through whatever darkness 
they might have been in. And the miracle can reveal itself. For me personally, it's when I experience that compassion of spirit within myself and able to share it with another that I'm the most joyous in the world. <laughs> I grin. <laughs> My tail wags like a metronome and I sometimes slobber in joy. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I have, you know, dogs are kindred spirit. That's why I also have another little reminder to refer to. When in doubt, be kind. I've discovered that if I'm worried or in doubt in some way, the easiest and fastest way I can get myself out of that rabbit hole is to be kind. I found that it doesn't matter how or to what or whom I'm kind. Just being kind in some way snaps me gently out of doubt and worry back into certainty. So how do miracles come about when you share your joy in kindness and compassion? Well, remember, a miracle is always the undivided oneness of spirit. Since spirit is limitless and eternal, it's never bound by any sort of limit of time or space. That which comes from spirit into this world doesn't have to follow what appears to the rational mind as the neat, orderly, and well-controlled and expected linear sequence of events we tend to experience as life. We're coming right to our second break, so we'll let Michael continue his train of thought when we come back. So please take a moment to mark your calendars. On Saturday, July 30th and Sunday, July 31st, we're offering an extraordinary remote four teleclass weekend event with a very special bonus Zoom, a second bonus Zoom, that has a dolphin meditation and post-class Q&A talk story and social Normally, we'd be in Hawaii in person to do this event, but we're still being extra careful about bringing larger groups of people together in a seminar setting due to COVID. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do it next year. We're actually planning on it. Nonetheless, we'll celebrate the spirit of aloha with Michael and Raphael remotely, and we'd love to have you join us. Soon, we'll post all the details of this illuminating and transformative remote weekend mini-retreat on our website, newsletter, and social sites, please look for it. And in fact, it is in our newsletter, um, and the newsletter went out last night. So if you uh, are not on our mailing list, you can always call our office at 530-926-2650 to get on that mailing list, and you can ask Debbie, our assistant, for a copy of the most current newsletter. Anyway, in just a bit, we'll be back with... Let it be the miracle of sharing your joy in kindness and compassion. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. 
Inspirational, a must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer, the award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we've been letting it be as we explore the miracle of sharing your joy in kindness and compassion. So what happens when you share your joy in kindness and compassion? And how do you share your joy in kindness and compassion? Let's find out more. Yeah, before the break, that was exactly what I was beginning to talk about. It is, you know, how miracles come about when you share your joy in kindness and compassion. And I was just reminding everyone that, oh, yeah, miracles always come out of the oneness of spirit, which is beyond time and space. So when what we might call a miracle just seems to pop into our world out of nowhere with no reasonable explanation. Well, that's part of <laughs> that's part of the explanation or definition of a miracle, right? It just pops up and, and it's beyond reason. And uh, for that kind of a miracle to happen, we have to make make the time and space here in this world to for it to come into. Yeah, because this world is completely uh, made up of time and space. So how do we get something from beyond time and space to pop into our life here in this world of time and space? Ah, it's up to us. We have to make the time and the space for the miracle, for spirit to <clears throat> sprout <laughs> or blossom, right? It's If we don't make that space for it and we don't make the time for it, then there's nowhere spirit can make a miracle. Ah, okay. So compassion and kindness help us make that time and space to open up, even momentarily, to the limitless creative power of spirit in this world. So we can only do that if we're willing and fully receptive to that which is beyond time and space. Compassion requires us to open ourselves to the unknown with loving kindness, receptivity, appreciation, and gratitude. That's entirely our choice, regardless of whether those we are sharing compassion with agree or are willing to do the same. It's our choice because compassion can never be 
a mere reaction. It can only come from a conscious choice to love without judgment. To willingly choose to love without judgment or conditions requires the utmost courage. Why? Because the only reason any of us judge is because we're scared. And we use judgment and blame in a vain effort to protect our love. Yet, unconditional love is the most powerful creative force there is. Why would it need our fearful protection? What we're actually trying to protect with judgment and blame is our perceived possession of a little bit of love rather than realizing we already have access to limitless love. Who needs to try to hoard a tiny bit of love when there's no end to the love they already have? So if you'd like to cultivate more of your compassion, you'll have to up your courage first. Realize that no one can take, a, take love away from you. You can only get distracted from it and neglect your care of it. If you do, then it feels like it's gone or taken away from you. When you restore your appreciation for life and are grateful for living it, then you'll regain your certainty and courage to be willing to share in the world. Compassion will naturally be plentifully available to you. Yes, indeed, I agree with that. But I wanted to talk a little bit about one of the things that goes on when you're a spiritual teacher or even when you are a person on your spiritual path choosing to work on some area of your inner beingness, um, such as bringing in more joy or expressing more of the joy that you already are. And that little secret is, I'll talk about this series of uh, radio shows that we've been doing. We've, we've focused on joy, and we will continue to do so until these uh, 13 episodes are up, and we'll move on to another topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get out of joy completely and have no more joy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Hopefully everyone is kind of starting to get how all this works. And what I notice is whatever we choose to teach – that is what we, we personally as the teachers will be challenged with. And sometimes the very week of whatever subject that we're mm. talking about, and it, it's happened over and over again, and uh, in, such, in such a way that when we teach uh, weekend seminars or a, uh, a retreat, like our shape group is going to have their retreat this weekend, so you shape, shapesters who are out there listening, please sign up for it if you haven't done so already. But anyway, whatever subject, we actually, especially Michael, because he does most of the teaching, uh, I'm a little more in the background, uh, prepares himself and works on whatever it is he's going to talk to to his students. He works on that within himself first so that it can be free and clear. And what I noticed in working with this joy, um, it's been really, really interesting because I do have a lot of joy. I'm a little more serious of a personality than Michael, but I do have a lot of joy, and I love sharing my joy in any way I can. So when we chose this as a subject, 
for this 13 weeks, I thought, oh, oh joy, this is going to be great. And what I noticed is that things started happening in my life that were highlighting the, the couple of areas where joy definitely does not live in me. <laughs> <laughs> and one of those areas is financial. And I'm the one who takes care of the finances in our business and everything. And uh, since the middle of April, we started getting hit and hit and hit and hit again. It's all through the same thing. But it's like uh, the last hit was I thought it was over, and then we got hit again. And definitely I noticed, and I was thinking about these shows on joys. Like why, why when we get hit financially do I lose all my joy? Blah, you know? <laughs> and I've had to look at that within myself. And the things that we're talking about here are so true. The limitless love we actually do have access to even when we're really, really upset about something. And uh, one of these hits happened actually uh, yesterday, and Michael was being so kind and so gentle, and, and I finally said to him, I just want to be mad about it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but about half an hour later, and, and him coming in my office to check in on me a couple of times, his radiance of compassion and caring was so great, I couldn't stay in that state. It was amazing. So maybe some of you don't have a partner who can do that for you, or maybe the partner will come in and blame you for something like that. <laughs> but ultimately, my lesson with that was, that's right, I don't have to step away from the limitless love that I experience most of the time just to deal with an earthly matter that is really spilled milk. Because it all has to do with the past. When you get hit with financial stuff, it's almost always in the past. So that has helped me move through this so amazingly. Now, you know, sometimes you have to stand up to people and say, no, I'm not going to pay this because I don't owe you this or whatever. But you can still do it with that joy within you. Yeah, that is a, really a great example. And, you know, when... When Raphael was saying that, uh, she said, well, let me be mad for a while, you know, for a few moments. <laughs> Let's, let me savor that. And compassion means, oh, yeah, unconditional love means, oh, yeah, that if that's where you are, you get to be there. Not try to rescue somebody or save them out of, you know, for their own good kind of a thing. This happens all the time. I see it everywhere in the world where good-hearted people who are, you know, basically healers, they, they want to see people happier. They want to see people succeed. They want to see people uh, well. And, but oftentimes they don't realize, oh, where that place of compassion is First, you have to let people be where they're at and where they want where, where they want to be and stuff, even if even if they know that's not where they want to stay, but you know, right now I, this is where I'm at. And compassion means, oh yeah, you get to be there with my support. And why does that take courage? Because well, it's a scary thing. In so many different levels. Yeah. 
And you'll find exactly what Raphael is talking about with her. For her, it was financial. For, for me, it's completely different. And this is why we make a good team. <laughs> I, I always say that I, I get to do everything I like doing, and Raphael does everything I don't like doing. <laughs> Some of those things actually are not too fun. Hey, yeah. you know, we both do things that are not too fun. <laughs> but what happens is we all are afraid of different things. Huh. You know, many of you who've heard our radio shows, you, you know that I've, you know, dropped dead quite a few times. <laughs> so I don't have that fear that most people have of dying physically because I, I know that that's, that doesn't really affect who I am. I, I'm not going to die. My physical body will. But in the middle of, I think, the second time I was going through this, uh, no, the third time I was going through this, I'm in the ambulance and, and I'm going, you know what, I, I really, if this is my time to go, I'm, I'm going in between being here and not being here, I, I, I was totally fine with it. So then it gave me a little opportunity because I knew I was in good hands on a physical level. The paramedics had wonderful people in the back of the ambulance. And they got me, they got my body all, you know, rigged up and everything. So they're doing the best they, they know how, and that's good enough for me. And so I, it gave me a little respite to reflect upon. Was there, okay, if I'm not afraid of dying, is there anything else that I'm afraid of or more afraid of or anything like that? And I got my answer instantly. I mean, it wasn't even meditating on it for a while. No, it just, bam, it was, <laughs> you, you'll like this. It was, in, I saw it in my mind's eye. I saw it in one of those industrial black, bold black letters <laughs> that went across the screen of my mind. <laughs> and it was simple. It said failure. And since then, this was quite a few years ago. And since then, I've learned over and over, uh, over and over that that Oh, yeah, you, you start to learn, okay, failure, great. And at first, it was a little perplexing because I failed so many times in so many ways, and, and uh, it feels like I, I fail daily on various things, and I, I don't get too hung up on it. You know, just, just like athletes wouldn't get too hung up on, you know, losing a, a, a tournament, even though they, they might feel really bad about it at first, but then they, they know they have to get over it and move on. And uh, or somebody who's who's uh, practicing to do their personal best in something and they fail over and over and over to attain it until oh, after a lot of practice and trials and errors somewhere down the line. Oh, one day, boom, they break that barrier and they have their personal record. Right. So most of the time it's failure. If you consider not reaching your goal uh, a failure, then 
we, we fail, especially in those things that are important to us, those things that we strive for. We fail over and over and over before you, you only need one success, right? <laughs> before you break through and you succeed. So if that kind of failure was no big deal for me. Uh, I live with it every day. But so I'm, I'm having to go way deeper within myself to say, okay, what kind of failure am I afraid of? And I started to get this at that point, I got to the surface of the next level of, of that fear is of failure is, oh, failure of loss. You know, failure that results in loss of something really important. Loss, basically, it boils down to of love, whether it's some person's love or respect, respect or uh, acceptance or the failure, whatever kind of failure uh, disappoints a loved one or people who depended on you or whatever like that. Oh, it's a little bit like survivor's guilt, right? And when I start to recognize that, oh, I realized, yeah, okay, there's, there's the fear of that kind of failure. What it leads to, not the failure itself, but what does the failure, what kind of a loss does that failure lead to? And that's where the fear was. Then I realized, oh, yeah, we all have some kind of fear, even those of us who are not afraid of dying that most people are afraid of. And, but there's some fear left. Ah. And wherever that fear is, how it shows up in our everyday life is we try to control things. Ah. This is why when I was talking about, especially those of us who are healers, and we want to see the other person get well or survive or or succeed or be happy or whatever so badly that we try to we overstep our boundary and and try to force it on them instead of have compassion and let them be first well we're coming on our second break already make sure to check out our website michaeltamora.com that's t-a-m as in mary u-r-a michaeltamora.com for all our upcoming events, including the one I talked about in uh, the beginning of the radio show here. I don't think it's up quite today, which is June 23rd, 2022, but it should be up in the next couple of days. But in fact, we do have our next teleclass in our popular ongoing series up there. Um, And that ongoing series is called You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think. And that's coming up on Saturday, July 23rd from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. This one will help you to feel better, have more clarity, and express your creativity. It's titled Your Chakras and Your Creative Expression Energy Work for Tuning Up Your Chakras. Join us and learn how to live more of the miracle. We will continue in just a couple of minutes with Let It Be, the Miracle of Sharing Your Joy and Kindness and Compassion. We will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational, incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com listening to Living the Miracle, Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. We're back, and it's great to have you back with us. We've been exploring the kinds of miracles that can happen when you share your joy in kindness and compassion in the world. We've also been talking about the various ways you can offer kindness and compassion every day. So let's keep going with that. Yeah, before the break, I was addressing healers especially because so many of you, we know... So many of you listening to our shows are healers, whether you're professional healers or you even have an actual healing practice. There are many of you who, maybe unbeknownst to yourselves, you're healers. And how you can tell is you, the, one of the most important things in your life is to see other people be well or successful, happy, <clears throat> Uh, well, and and capable and succeed and all those those kinds of things because that's what you're here. Your path of learning and spiritual growth is by helping other people take a step up in some way. You know, whether it's whether it's getting uh, support for their physical well-being or emotional or spiritual or psychic or anything. So anyway. One of the things that's probably one of the most difficult things for a healer type of a soul is to especially uh, witness the suffering of someone really close to them, someone that they really respect and care about, admired, love, the whole bit. And and if they're in a position where, where they might know, the healer knows, okay, some of you are very well versed in in use of herbs or or homeopathy or or uh, tones or whatever it is, and you go, oh, this can help you. And and I know if you do if you take this vitamin and this supplement, the whole bit that's going to help you with your physical illness or whatever the situation is. But 
a lot of times the person that you're trying to give to are not ready for that. Ah, then you might bump into like a brick wall or you might feel like, you know, I want to do something, but this person's not letting me help them. They'll push you. The more you try to help them, the more they push you away. Or at least that may seem like it. But you got to realize, first and foremost, compassion means letting them be. Okay, they're sick. Great. Let them be that. And be there for them because they're scared. Yeah. And, and to the degree that you're scared, you want to control everything. So you don't want to uh, jump into anything. You don't want somebody to push you around and tell you what to do and the whole bit because they're trying to get a control of themselves and, and they're afraid underneath. But you got to take a look at that for yourself as well. Oh, yeah. Why am I so insistent on trying to change them, make them better, trying to help them? Uh, the, if, you're, if you don't have that neutrality of compassion and the unconditional level of compassion, no judgment, you wouldn't be pushing it. You wouldn't have that necessity, that feeling of, I have to help you. Let me help you. I got to, you know, you got to do this. You got to go there. You got to, you know, I know this is good for you. You don't try to cram it down anybody's throat because what is that about? That's control. And if you look underneath the surface of that, where that control in you, that impulse to have to do that in you comes from is fear. Oh, especially those you love. You don't want to lose them. You, you are the one who can't handle them suffering. Oh. Huh. And here, it, you, you might have felt like, it's no, 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 it's all about them. They're the ones who's suffering. Nah, you got to take a look at your own suffering. You got to take a look at your own fear of I can't, I can't continue to be here and, and not do something about this thing. I, I can't have them be in this place. That's contrary to compassion. And that comes from a place of judgment. It's not good enough. Where they're at is not okay with you. That's judgment. And where that judgment comes from is fear. Because what's going to happen to you if you don't get them to change? Ooh, yeah. You, you're going to be powerless, helpless, guilty. Do you blame yourself? Uh-huh. So that's, that's the underlying fear in you. And when you start to address that First and foremost, you have to have that compassion for yourself. You have to get out of judgment about, okay, so you, you can't seem to do anything about this. And in fact, even if you could, they don't want it right now. They're not going to accept it. Okay. <laughs> ah, so you have to get out of judgment and blame toward yourself. You have to have compassion toward yourself. So like, okay, 
I know where I'm coming from. I more than anything, I'd like to help this person get well. So I'm here for them. And when you can bring yourself to that place where you're not afraid anymore, you're going to find that, oh, you could love this person regardless of what temporary condition they're in. Whether they're physically ill or they're emotionally upset or, you know, whatever. That is when you start to have that the grace of compassion. And when you offer that kind of compassion, the miracles start to happen. You'll find the other person goes, wait a minute, you know, I'm ready for your help. Or what did you say? What herb really helped you when you were in this condition? Or uh, who was that therapist you, you were recommending? Or which book was I supposed to read? they'll start to open up to that. That is a miracle. That, because then you help them open the door for their own healing without actively doing something to them. No, but by actively being there for that person and saying, oh yeah, I love you anyway. You could be in this rock bottom place. That's okay. And then it opens up the space for the eternity of spirit where anything can happen. One of the things when Raphael and I were living in um, Elk Grove. And south of Sacramento. South of Sacramento. California. And uh, we had just moved there and didn't know anybody and we didn't know it was where we had bought a house and moved into is one of the most conservative communities (laughs) and and so uh, we needed a chiropractor so we found one and went to the chiropractor and hit it off with them right from the beginning just we talked and talked until the, the secretary, his secretary had to come in and re- interrupt and says, uh, doctor, uh, you know, you got three patients still waiting for you. <laughs> and he goes, oh, my God, <laughs> because the sessions were supposed to be 20 minutes. Right. And, and we had been talking for like 45 minutes or more. And um, so afterwards, he said, OK, the next time you guys make an appointment with me, uh, would you make sure unless it's an emergency or the only way time you can do it is a certain time in the day. If you can, if you have a flexibility, could you try to schedule yourselves for the last treatment? Uh, uh, because we always end up talking so much. And what, ha- what was unusual about this situation is he was uh, a devout Mormon and and he was a uh, uh, Mormon elder. He, he was the director for a Mormon youth group and, and very respected in his community and church and everything. And um, he said, why I enjoy talking with you guys so much that I forget time. And because we've been able to talk about everything under the sun, you know, all kinds of stuff. 
some of which was taboo in his religion. And, and the other side of it is he, hasn't, he said he wasn't sure when he found out we were spiritual healers. And he, he said, because all the other spiritual healers that I've ever met and, and spiritual people, they, they try to either convert me out of my religion or they have a really hard time with, you know, His that, religion. That my religion. And he says, I'm totally happy with my religion. And he says, you're, you're the first people that I've, especially uh, amongst healers and, and spiritual people, that I've been able to feel like I could just talk about anything because I feel no judgment coming from you about anything. Everything is okay. And I could be okay just the way I am with my religion, with the way I live my life, with everything. And he says that, he says, I've been practicing this. I've been, you know, a chiropractor for all these many, many years. And he says, that doesn't come along very often. And so we became fast friends and everything. And, and, um, uh, it was a wonderful relationship. And this is, this is what happens in terms of, oh, we, we also had uh, uh, a guy who we hired to be our uh, pool maintenance guy when we were living in the same place when we first moved in. And turned out he lived like four doors down from us. And he was the uh, elder for the Jehovah's Witness Church. And Right from the very first time I met him, he was checking our pool early in the morning. And I saw him and I thought, oh, he must be the guy that Raphael hired the other day to, to uh, take care of our pool. And uh, so I went to introduce myself. Well, it turned out that was the morning that uh, Raphael and I, uh, there was a half-page article on the two of us uh, with our photograph and everything. And the headlines was, Two, uh, Elk Grove welcomes two clairvoyant healers. <laughs> and he saw that way before I did. I didn't even know the newspaper was out. And he goes, oh, clairvoyant healers, huh? <laughs> That's how we started. But we, it came out so amazing. We've been friends ever since. All right. Well, once again, we're at the end of our show for today. We so enjoyed having you with us, and we'll be back Next Wednesday with our episode, Hello, the Miracle of Sharing Your Joy of Communication. Communication plays an all-important role in creating miracles, but what happens when you share your joy of communicating? Join us again next Wednesday to find out. Remember, too, we'll be teaching our next teleclass, Your Chakras and Your Creative Expression, Energy Work for Tuning Up Your Chakras, as part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series on Saturday, July 23rd from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. You might need your brain and heart to be alive, but without your chakras, you wouldn't even have a body. Learn about the chakra, what the chakras really are, how they work, and how you can do psychic energy work to maintain and repair them at an optimal level. Check our website, michaeltamora.com, or call our office at 530-926-2650 
and speak with our new assistant, Debbie, for details or to sign up. Be sure also to save the dates, Saturday, July 30th and Sunday, July 31st, because we're offering an extraordinary remote, remote four-teleclass weekend event to celebrate the spirit of aloha, including a special bonus Zoom dolphin meditation and post-class Q&A and social. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We will see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.